The San Francisco Dance Film Festival presents Dancing Through the Lens, a bi-monthly podcast featuring guests from our dance and filmmaking communities, both near and far. Dancing Through the Lens offers a platform for artists in the dance world to share their interests and insights and discuss how they use film to create work and connect with audiences. I'm Claire Schweitzer. And I'm Coral Martin. This week, we spoke with Greta Schoenberg, the founder and director of programming here at the San Francisco Dance Film Festival. I had the opportunity to get to know a little bit more about Greta and her early exploration of dance film. We went on to talk about the creative spark that led her in founding the San Francisco Dance Film Festival and some of the elements of the Bay Area dance film community that inspire her the most. Hi, Greta. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you. Um, so. I'm so excited to have this opportunity as a newer member to the team to ask you more about how you got started, both with the film festival and just dance film itself. So as the founder and the director of programming, um, you currently have such a hand in how the film festival um, has evolved, but also you are a filmmaker yourself, you're a dancer yourself, and I'm really curious to hear about that first spark of inspiration and what it was about dance film in particular that really inspired you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for thanks for doing this. Um, so looking back to where my first inspiration for dance film came, um, as far as making them myself, and that is aside from, say, my growing up in the 80s and seeing MTV um, or watching a ton of, you know, Gene Kelly musicals and things like that. So seeing dance on camera in that context, same with, you know, uh, presentations on PBS, that's sort of where you saw dance. But when it came to doing it myself, I have to thank my cat <laughs> because... Uh, it was just this point where I had this Sony video camcorder. Maybe I got it for Christmas or something. And I had a new Mac laptop that had this thing called iMovie. And I saw that there. I didn't really know what it did. And I just decided I'm just going to try recording my cat. And, you know, maybe I'll edit it in this iMovie thing and I'll put it to music. Oh, I could put music on it. And then I made this little, uh, little like maybe one minute video of my cat. And I was like, oh my God, what if I did this with dancers? This is crazy, right? And I kind of felt like I'd made it up myself, <laughs> um, which, was, which was a great early feeling. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, obviously, um, as I researched more, I thought, oh, this is a thing. Um, and at the time, it didn't even really have a name. It was dance on camera, dance film, film dance, and screen dance was one of the names that was floating out there. So um, it was hard to find. Um, YouTube was not around yet, not to date myself, but this was about 2003, and it hadn't even been invented yet. I know that's hard to wrap our heads around. There was no Facebook social media, any of that. So it wasn't so obvious um, that this wasn't a new thing or, you know, that I wasn't just reinventing the wheel. 
Um, but I knew that others must be doing this. Um, and so I started researching and I started taking film classes and found that sure enough, this was a, a thriving, um, a thriving art form, uh, dance film, um, and that there were film festivals around it. Um, so my early experience of a film festival was um, kind of the big time with Sundance because I went to the University of Utah's um, ballet program and got my degree there. Um, so being in Salt Lake City, I was able to go up to the Sundance Film Festival and see all these great films and A-list actors wandering around and all these really interesting discussions and I was really inspired by the film festival format. So um, I went to New York and uh, visited Dance on Camera and uh, Deidre Towers there, the, the, then the director at Dance on Camera at Lincoln Center, um, was very generous and you know talked to me a lot about uh, the festival and um, you know all that and I also visited uh, Dance Camera West and uh, talked to Lynette Kessler there and had dialogue with her over the years of forming the festival she was really generous and wonderful so those were the two main festivals in the US um, but I had just come back from living in Europe um, and so I, I had lived in Scandinavia and in Amsterdam and uh, I danced with Norwegian National Ballet for a short time and uh, did independent projects there. So I had um, accumulated friends around Europe, Canada, all this, mostly because I was kind of going from job to job and taking a lot of open classes, which is just such a great way to really meet these dancers like myself who were a little on the fringe, getting contracts here and there, but it's not quite clicking into one big you know, trajectory with a major company. So. Um, I guess uh, I wanted to bring all those people together um, and you know that was that was the start of the festival idea kind of seeing that there was a model in New York and LA and seeing that in San Francisco there was very little there was definitely not a festival and I was not really even seeing this kind of dance on camera work I'm sure it was happening but because we didn't have digital ways to share it it was few and far between and nobody really knew about it. Sure. Well, it's fascinating. Thank you for sharing that that trajectory and just how you came to the decision to start this festival, which is such an awesome and brave thing to do. So first of all, that's we need to celebrate that. Super cool. Um, but I am curious, you know, at the beginning of something, we have a vision of what we think success will be. And then years later, that vision changes. So I'm kind of curious about how that's been for you now that the festival has been in operation for over a decade. When you first started out, what did what was your vision? What did you think this is exactly what success will look like? And today, how has that changed? Yeah, I, I it's a good question. I. I think that my earlier ideas of the festival were really much more modest than what it's become. And I think that was good because, um, as you said, you felt it was brave for me to do this and all that. And yeah, those initial steps of putting yourself out there is take some take some bravery and, and some proactiveness but um if i had thought i was going to start what it is now then i would have not at all felt qualified to be the person to do that i wouldn't have taken that leap whatsoever um 
So I think actually it helped me to start very small and just thinking about, um, as I do with many of my projects, who are my friends right now? Who, who do I know around me that uh, I'd like to work with um, and how do I bring everybody together and create something? And around the same time, I met Ben Estabrook, who was a local videographer uh, who was shooting various dance companies. And um, so we ended up collaborating on a couple films together. And Ben taught me how to use Final Cut and how to uh, edit. So that was key, as well as um, learning really how to set up lighting and, and all of these things that were really the technical side of filmmaking. And without Ben, I never would have um, had the confidence to move forward and start the festival. Uh, he came in as our technical director and has been with us in one capacity or the other ever since. So I was really in the beginning just hoping to have maybe an annual screening event showing a few shorts film programs and at the time I was given um, the opportunity by the 9th Street Independent Film Center to um, have a home for our little our little seed festival and so it was inexpensive then and I simply had to just you know curate films and you know, I did my marketing through my own Gmail lists. <laughs> there was still no no social media, nothing. I didn't really know anything about any of this. So um, in a lot of ways, it was easier to start something because I really, I really didn't know what I was doing, what I was getting into. And then I met Judy Flannery, who came in as a veteran arts producer in the Bay Area, uh, working for KQED, San Francisco Ballet, most of her career. And she joined us as executive director. And as she put it, she wanted to put our organization on steroids, which is exactly what she did. And uh, she took my little seed idea, and over these years, we're now in our 12th season, she's helped it grow through her fundraising and through her connections to uh, arts presenters, bringing us in international content of a caliber that uh, really upped our game. And Randall Heath also was instrumental from almost the very beginning um, as our graphic designer, and uh, he's a visual artist as well, so has um, partnered with me in programming. Uh, and he's really helped give the festival its sleek, clean look online, creating our website and all of our media assets that we use to present ourselves to the world. And Randall is now our managing director, wearing all sorts of hats, and really essentially the one leading the organization at this point. As I've stepped sideways a little um, after the birth of my two children, uh, and I am focused just as the director of programming, so I'm doing um, curation work. Great, that's very interesting. And I think um, coming from from all of those relationships, a question I do have is, you know, because this is the San Francisco Dance Film Festival, and it's specific to the Bay Area in many ways, um, what have you found is kind of something distinctive about um, 
the dance film community in the Bay Area and also, you know, as someone who's watched it grow um, over the years, what do you see for the future of dance film in the Bay Area? Yeah, well, what I like about the Bay Area is its uh, sense of DIY independence. Um, and that's just something within the history of San Francisco and, and Oakland, um, where artists have often come here to find themselves, to experiment, to uh, collaborate. And so I see that as a really fertile ground for creating new things. And in some ways, I think it's maybe not as intimidating as trying to go to New York to do the same thing and make it through the specific hoops and channels you would need to do that. So um, in San Francisco, I feel like you can, if you want to make something, you just do it. No one's going to fund it. <laughs> so you have to be creative, but you just do it. And, um, you know, a lot of times people are really open, audiences are really open to seeing process-driven work that is maybe less polished, um, but they're appreciating the intelligence that went into it, uh, things like that. So, you know, I think it's, it's a unique area that continues to be innovative, um, and it, it feels like there's a lot of um, space created for a lot of different groups to, um, you know, present their, their work. Now, I guess I have a few more questions that have to do more specifically with um, where you find yourself now with the festival. And as the director of programming, say I am um, someone who's very new to dance film, but I do want to submit a film, but I don't even know where to begin in terms of, you know, looking at my own work and engaging its strength. Do you have any words of advice for that person who is enthusiastic but new to the process and trying to figure out what are some key elements to a successful dance film? Right. Well, I, I do want to be cautious about giving out very specific advice for the very reason that I talked about before, because the whole way I started this or got into my dance film is because I really didn't know that much and I, I just experimented, right? So I really encourage uh, new dancers who want to make films or filmmakers who want to work with dancers to, you know, go into your own voice and just play. But that said, you know, getting into a film festival or being successful online, even if you're, you know, posting things yourself, does take some skill and I think more skill than it than it used to because there's just so much competition um, so it really does take once you've found your voice and have some strength in what you want to say um, it really does take working either either working through yourself and get, gathering some filmmaking skills or what I would highly recommend is collaborating with a professional filmmaker or an amateur filmmaker but someone trained specifically in filmmaking 
um, because what I came to find early in my process was um, that it was great to be familiar with the process of filmmaking as a dancer so that you can really continue to be a director and guide what you want. But having a professional director of photography involved, a professional editor involved, a professional musicians, um, that makes for a better dance film. And that said, it frees you up again to hone in on your craft as a choreographer um, on, with your composition and the movement you're generating and the overall thematic um, you know, goals of the film, which is really more important and probably going to be more in your skill set ultimately. Now that said, dancers have a natural sense of rhythm, editing, visual aesthetic, composition. There are all sorts of uh, crossover skills to filmmaking that can certainly come out. But I just really encourage um, dancers to work with a filmmaker and learn from them and collaborate. And for filmmakers, I encourage filmmakers to work with dancers. Um, and then within that, it's important to know for those who don't haven't worked with dancers that finding a beautiful dancer and putting them in front of a camera does not necessarily mean you're going to draw a great dance out of them. So if you put especially a classically trained dancer in front of just in an empty space without a choreographer, they're not going to necessarily know what to do. And that can be apparent. Um, so, you know, working through choreography or even working through um, improvisational scores and really practicing really shows on screen. So um, that's another piece of advice, I guess. The third element is the music. So music, the biggest bummer, I think, to dancers that we realize when we're, you know, maybe... 16, 18, getting into the real world, is that we can't just use whatever music we want. It's just horrible. Um, and there's just no way around this. So the best thing is to, you know, find some musicians that you like and collaborate with them from the beginning of the process. Um, and because the music is so key, you can also create your own scores through um, body rhythms, other other sorts of layering and play with that. So um, I guess the last piece of advice is keep it short for for um, festivals. Um, five minutes or less is going to be your strongest. Uh, I was on a panel of all local um, San Francisco film, cur film festival curators at one point, and uh, they all said the same, that basically a 20-minute film has to be four times as good as a five-minute film uh, because it's taking up four slots in the programming. Uh, so they all said the magic number was four or five minutes. I'd even say four, um, and it needs to be very concise. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times the other maybe pitfall is exploring too many ideas within one film. So you want to kind of pick your best ideas and maybe you make a couple films, but keep them separate um, and don't jump your audience all over the place. Is that helpful? I hope that's helpful. <laughs> it's incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. 
Um, well, we're coming close to uh, our time. So I just want to give you the opportunity, if you'd like to share some exciting upcoming news for the film festival, um, anything you'd like to share with our audiences, or if you just want to give us some parting wisdom on any subject at all <laughs> that you feel is pertinent, um, I just want to give you that space to, sh to share that with us. Well, we're in the submissions process right now for our 12th season, uh, and we are really excited because post-pandemic, we're getting uh, twice as many entries as we usually get. So there's a huge pool of entries that we're all uh, going through, and we're just seeing this enormous response from the artistic community who has been sequestered and locked down during this whole time. And that has been great, uh, great catalyst for creativity. Uh, so we're really excited to seeing all these films coming in and that dancers were in no way sitting around eating Cheetos during this, <laughs> during this forced break. They've been working very, very hard. And in many, many cases, they've been turning to dance, film, and media to get their work out there. So we are perfectly poised to present a platform to show their work. And I'm just really excited to be able to host a big party in October um, as we all kind of show what, what they've been doing. Great. Well, Greta, thank you so much. This was fantastic. Thank you, Coral. KQED and San Francisco Dance Film Festival invite you to a night of dance film at Fort Mason on Thursday, June 3rd at 9 p.m. This night of shorts features top selections from the San Francisco Dance Film Festival alongside KQED Arts award-winning video series, If Cities Could Dance, which features dancers across the country who represent their city's signature moves. The drive-in will conclude with an exclusive preview screening of Mudwater, directed by local filmmaker Mylin Lee. Details about this screening can be found in the show notes. Dancing Through the Lens is a production of San Francisco Dance Film Festival. It is produced and hosted by Claire Schweitzer and Coral Martin. Theme music for Dancing Through the Lens was composed by Daria Novo. You can find San Francisco Dance Film Festival online at sfdancefilmfest.org and on the social media pages linked in the show notes.